0: Welcome back to Coming In Without Context. I am the guest host, Mary Ritter, and I'm here with Dylan Yang and Hope Stolzheimer, um, the guests that you, or not the guests, the hosts that you know and love. So I'll be doing the the topic today and Dylan will be leaving and then coming in in the middle of it. Um, So yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything that you want to say before we get started, but that's all I've got.
1: Um, I have two things I would like to say. First, Mary, you would make a great PBS uh, (laughs) show host. And also, I like that you refused to say coming in without context.
2: I said that, didn't I?
1: You said he will be coming in (laughs) later in the middle of a conversation or something like that. (laughs) All right. Well, I will will depart. Bye-bye.
2: Good riddance.
0: That was a... uh... A really nice compliment because I have always been interested in the radio and podcasts. But anyway, so today I have a a topic. I don't really have a question. I was having trouble formulating it into a question. Um, But this was just like a topic that I've been thinking about in the past few days because of some recent experiences, um, which I can expand upon later. Um, But I want to talk about humans' relationships with animals. I don't know if you have any initial reactions to that. I can kind of expand a little bit more and then you can say your thoughts. But I just think it's really interesting how we have different relationships with different animals. And we kind of categorize them into pets and animals that we consume. And then pests, like P-E-S-T-S, if that wasn't clear. Um, And then just kind of like other Like, I don't know, where do whales fit? I'm not sure. I feel like whales fit into the other. But yeah, any initial reactions?
2: Oh, I have a lot of initial reactions, actually. (laughs) This is something, um, so a couple months ago, I watched um, a documentary about the whaling industry in Japan. So it's funny that you brought up whales um, and how like there's still like small communities in Japan that still eat and kill dolphins and how there's been a lot of outrage across the international community about people killing and eating dolphins Um, and a lot of people in the local area are like, it's our culture, Um, like we've been doing this forever, but most people in Japan don't even eat the dolphins anymore. And, like, so much of the backlash against the community is why they're still doing it. Like, they probably would have, like, given it up, but now they feel like they have to preserve something that other people are attacking. So they've been continuing, which, to get to my point, in sort of, like, Western history, there's always been, like, a hierarchy of animals. Like, humans are supposed to be closer to God than, like, other animals, and so we're better. And so we often view animals with more intelligence also as higher in the hierarchy than others, So like dolphins, we think are really smart. And so to us, it's almost like blasphemy to kill and eat a dolphin because it's an intelligent creature. But like other animals, like chickens, we're like, oh, they're stupid. Like, who cares? And so like, like there's certain animals that we just would not. We're like, no, don't mess with them. Like um, if we hurt like chimpanzees, like there'd probably be a lot of outrage because we view them as closer to humans than a lot of other animals. But in Japan, they view all animals as the same. Like, there's no hierarchy in, like, um, how they, I mean, obviously, the, like, some animals are pets and some aren't, and they eat certain animals and they don't eat others. But, like, when people are like, oh, why are you killing dolphins? They're like, well, it's the same as killing a pig. Like, you eat pigs. Why is a dolphin any different than a pig? Like, they're all the same. Which kind of goes back to how we, like, view some animals as higher than others. Which is, like, I don't think exactly what you're <laughs> trying to talk about, but that was what initially
0: No, that's interesting, um, because I did want to say that, like, I'm coming to this with just the perspective of someone from a Western culture from the United States. And so part of kind of this large topic and these different categories and ways that we think about animals is really influenced by our culture, because you're totally right that here in the U.S. it's pretty standard, like cats, dogs, dogs. Are your pets sometimes fish are your pets too, things like that. Yeah. And then, like, we eat chickens and cows and um, pigs, etc. Um, and then you know, you could keep naming examples, but then in other countries, it can be really different. And when I said whales, I was thinking that was actually maybe a bad example because I know there's like um, people kill whales in other countries, but anyway where do I go from here? I guess, um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess I will just start talking about something that I did on a few days ago on Friday. Today is Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, but for our listeners, I'm working at a farm this summer and it's a mainly a vegetable production farm. Um, but we also have some animals and on Friday we had a lesson on harvesting chickens. And so at that lesson, two chickens Uh, were harvested and then they were doing like a big harvest the next day um and I have for a long time wanted to experience a uh chicken harvest because um I'm really interested in food and different food issues and I also as a meat eater I feel like a responsibility um to connect connect um like a living chicken with uh, the meat on my plate. And so that was a really interesting experience and it got me thinking about the different relationships and different mindsets we have around animals. And I'm someone I did not grow up with any pets. And I was actually like mildly afraid of dogs when I was younger. Um and not really for any particular reason except that I didn't have a lot of experience around them and so when I did Um, interact with dogs it they made me really nervous and I'll admit that they still I still feel very uncomfortable around dogs and quite frankly other animals and so that leads me to like this next point is that I am kind of uncomfortable around animals and I like I don't see them as I don't know I don't a lot of people I remember when we were in elementary school they had like calendars of like puppies and kittens (laughs) and I don't know I just had a hard time finding them cute like I just wasn't interested in animals um not that I can't appreciate the beauty of an animal but I just feel like I have a, a very different relationship with animals than other people do and I'm wondering is that because I didn't grow up with them like what is that so what's your relationship with animals like
2: I think that's really interesting because I initially, when I was a kid, I, by the time I was, my mom had a cat when I was, born. and when I was two years old, her cat had kittens and one of the kittens got to be mine. And I had that cat for like many, many years. And then like later got another kitten when that cat passed away. And then eventually like my family got a dog um, who's still kicking it <laughs> 13 years later <laughs> And I, I do love animals. I think they're adorable, but I don't think I have the same attachment that a lot of other people do. I feel like there's almost like a reverence for like dogs. Like I enjoy petting a dog, but I don't want to do it forever. And I don't want like a dog sleeping in my bed. And I feel like some people like they want their dog with them 24 seven. And I've realized having a dog that like, that's not me. Like I'll walk her, I'll pet her, I'll play with her. But I also don't want to do it like all the time. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like a bad pet owner like situation or not. And so like, I almost, I almost preferred having a cat because they just like leave me <laughs> alone sometimes. Um, and I feel like some people, like even just um, Dylan, who's, away right now like I'll go to his house and um there were two dogs living here for a while when his brother was with him and like he'd always like bring the dogs over to me like hold and pet and I'd always do it but sometimes I'd be like I don't want to pet the dog right now and I don't know like why some people always like every time they see a dog to say hello or pet it I feel like sometimes I play it up where like if I'm with other people I know like really love animals they'll be like oh even if I like don't care as much I don't know so, yeah, that's just my reaction.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel that. I'm always in situations with other people where we're walking on the street and a dog passes and there's the routine, like, stop to pet the dog. And I just kind of stand awkwardly to the side because while I'm no longer afraid of dogs, I just have no interest in, like, petting them or them licking me or them jumping on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, Yeah, I guess to shift a little bit, I think it's interesting to go back to the whole like cultural difference thing
2: Mm -hmm. on relationships
0: with animals. It's interesting how, as I was saying, like in the United States and I think other Western cultures, it's pretty consistent, like the same animals fall into the same sort of categories as pets and food and et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And then people who who deviate from this and have different relationships or have relationships with animals that are different from these kind of categories. So for instance, I don't know, I think maybe the best example would be like eating something that we don't typically eat. Um, so like a few weeks ago I was on vacation and I was in a store and they were selling like different types of jerky. So of course there's like beef jerky which is pretty common. Um, but then there's also like rattlesnake jerky and mm-hmm. um, maybe kind of a more palatable thing, which would be like buffalo jerky. And then, I don't know, other types of jerky. And yeah, I just think that's interesting, like because people are just judged for having these different relationships are considered strange. And it's something that... I consider strange sometimes too, just without even, like, just subconsciously, for some reason, like, the idea of eating snake meat feels like, I don't know, it just feels wrong. Even though it's just, it's like it's an animal similar to other animals, I mean, different, like, biologically, Um, but it is also an animal, like, I don't know, a cow or a chicken, Mm -hmm. and... So I just think it's interesting how there are, um, socially acceptable things and, and then things that kind of deviate and it's like, oh, you eat snake. (laughs) Like that seems wrong, but why?
2: Yeah. Yeah. My dad is someone who will eat anything at least once. So on trips with him, I've seen him eat like alligator and he's claimed to eat an armadillo before. Um. I was born, and he, I know he's eaten, like, shark and, like, random things, um, and I couldn't imagine eating, like, literally any of those, like, I had the opportunity to eat um, alligator and shark the same times he did, and I, like, refused to, <laughs> I was like, I know I could get this experience, but I honestly don't want this experience, because I couldn't really separate um, the meat from the animals in my head, <laughs> like, looking at it, I was like, I don't, I can't view mm-hmm. this as, like, meat as I would view other forms of meat. Um, yeah. And, like, I don't know, it's it's really strange. And I think kind of on the opposite end of what you were saying of people having different relationships with animals, um, a lot of people have, like, pet chicken. And, like, I know some of them, like, refuse to eat chicken because they, like, grow up with these pets that, like, they learn to, like, really love um and there was one girl in high school who would always show people like pictures of her pet chickens um and like she was kind of almost laughed at for it and she was like she became um vegetarian because of it um and so like she'd show people pictures and they'd be like and she'd be like look at how cute it is and other people like okay yeah sure and like I don't see how her really loving her chickens is really any different from how someone would really love their dog or anything else. I mean, it's definitely a bit more abnormal than a dog, but there's plenty of people who have chicken. It's not like she was she had some crazy outlandish pet. There are a lot of people who, in my area at least, would have like chicken coops in their back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really, it, yeah, it's it it isn't different than having a dog or. Um, I mean, I guess like, and maybe that goes back to what we were saying right at the beginning or what you were saying right in the beginning about the kind of hierarchy of animals and dogs having more intelligence and how there's more of like a bond between a dog and its owner versus like the intelligence of a chicken. And I, I can't really speak. I've never raised a chicken, so I don't know if there is some sort of bond, but I'm going to say that there's not as much as yeah. the... <laughs> Uh, relationship people have with their dogs or cats or whatnot
2: yeah i i'm pretty sure because humans have like had dogs as companions for so long i think i read this online i don't know if it was a like verifiable source that like um like the way we look at dogs like dogs we have like certain um, probably not endorphins but like some sort of like hormone or whatever they're called is released when we look at a dog and dogs also have that too when they look at humans so there's almost been like a sort of like evolution to like dogs and for dogs to like humans and even like other animals that have been domesticated they've been domesticated to be beneficial to humans like cats it's just to be pets almost at this point but for like other farm animals they've been domesticated to be like more docile around. people. Like Whereas I think a lot of more wild animals that we associate as like strange and either not as food and not as pets, we don't have that sort of like history evolutionarily with them that we do with other animals. I don't know if that's part of it or
0: not. That's a really interesting point. I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that.
2: Yeah, because I'm sure you're more like predisposed to be afraid of a snake than of a dog just from a purely like mental physical like standpoint like it's harder to be afraid of something that you like you've almost been trained to like mm-hmm. that's something that's like a threat to you
0: yeah yeah to go back to something that you said earlier I thought it was really interesting you said that when you had the opportunity to eat Alligator or whatever it was, you just couldn't disconnect the yeah. animal from the meat. And that's really interesting because there's such a strong disconnect between um the animals that we consume and then the living animals, like on the farms. And I just I wish I wish people connected them more because I think it'd be really beneficial for a lot of different reasons. And one of those reasons, which is huge, is sustainability and the environmental implications, environmental impact of eating and raising meat. And I wish that people had more of a connection because I think it's really valuable, but I feel like here in the U.S., we have a tendency to just kind of um, not think about where our food comes from because it's so convenient. It's so convenient to go to the grocery store and we're so used to seeing meat packaged up and then other foods all the time they're always present they're always available for very cheap too and i feel like if people had more of a connection and were able and willing to connect like the living animal with the dead animal then even if it didn't convince people to eat less meat or to give up meat which i don't think like is necessary i don't think everyone or even realistic, like no one's ever going to, to uh, we're never going to have a society where we're all vegetarians. And I don't think that's necessary. Um, but I do feel like if people were able to connect more with their food, then maybe we would, <laughs> I don't know, solve some issues. I don't know. It, it's Yeah, it's just so interesting to me, the disconnect um, there.
2: Yeah, I know in eighth grade, we had to do a whole unit about um like where our food comes from and understanding that and um for a while I like would not eat chicken like for a couple years and especially from like we had to watch clips of like how chickens chicken I don't know were treated in various farms and I think um they were only able to get inside like a chicken coop of one company and it was Purdue which like Produces so much chicken here in the US that, like, if I see chicken from Purdue, it still grosses me out. Like, I cannot buy from that brand. Even though I know, like, probably all the coops are virtually the same as Purdue, like, of any other brand, I just cannot view the name Purdue as a label on chicken that I'm seeing without just getting flashbacks to how disgusting it was. (laughs) That, like, I'll eat it if it's like my only option, because I do eat chicken and, like, If I want to eat chicken, I'm going to need to buy chicken. And um, even though there are farms in my area, it's it's not as easy as just going to the market. And it's still it's much further than the market. Um, And I don't know if they sell chicken. I could probably buy produce more easily from local farmers than like meat which anyways is a tangent, Um, but like I've had to buy Purdue and then I feel almost like gross when I see it in the packaging again before I cook it. I have to like kind of force myself not to think about it in order to be like fine with eating. And which is really interesting because I'm sure if I saw, like I still eat meat anyways, like knowing that, but it it did make me want to like eat more sustainably. And I know recently I've been trying to go to farmer's markets more often to buy Like fruit and produce from there, rather than from big chains. Though I don't think produce is really the issue. It's more meat.
1: (laughs) It's just like you have to go through such an effort to actually get like locally grown or ethically treated animal like meat, right? Um, Like even if you choose to to get rid of meat entirely from your diet, that's like that's a conscious choice you have to make. But you have to do all these things, like you have to find supplements for the the protein the the minerals you need um, you have to like learn how to cook specifically towards that and I, I feel like it's kind of comparable to like if you had an allergy of like a major ingredient like I had a friend um, in high school who was allergic to gluten and so she would have to specifically look for restaurants that had gluten-free options she had to, cook very carefully and and going to like friends houses or going to parties it was all like you had to be very cautious and prepare beforehand for those types of situations because if you accidentally ingest a little bit you're gonna be like you might need to go to the hospital like it's just that's serious so it's just the the level of effort it's not it's not as convenient not going just your local grocery store and buying the the cheap stuff from the big companies right
0: yeah it's very true that is a big part of the issue did
1: did you guys (laughs) already talk about like land usage and stuff
2: what are you what are you trying to get at here
1: (laughs) um well i'm presuming that in the discussion of where we get our produce and meats um, there should also be the counter, the commonly known, a uh, commonly touted, uh, facts that you could end world hunger with the land which we use for, uh, livestock, right? Because it takes a lot more acres for them to be grass fed, to roam around, to do whatever. And even with like the factory farming and like the terrible conditions being packed side to side, it's still more productive overall to if we all just uh, turned to vegetables and non-meat products. You guys have, have you guys ever heard of that fact? Like if you took just the land in the US that's devoted to livestock and meat and you converted it into agriculture, that we would have enough food to end world hunger?
0: I have heard things similar, although I've also heard in uh, that... Like, we already have enough food. It's a matter of distribution. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I understand what you're getting at um, because you're right. Livestock, raising livestock takes up significantly more land and has a lot of environmental impacts.
1: Right. I would definitely be, uh, I would want people to fact check me on that because I'm not an expert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How do you feel about eating meat? Me? Yeah,
1: um, I think catching the end of your statement, I feel the same, although I'm not going to presume anything. So um, just for me, I I understand, I have the cognitive knowledge that eating meat is more costly to the environment and, to, and just more negative in terms of impact overall. Um, there's like so many different ways you could go about it. Like if you start at the beginning with... Treating animals ethically, or and having the right to live um, in the first place—that's a whole d- separate discussion. And then there's the issues with packing and the meat industry and the sanitation, uh, and not to mention how the workers are treated. I so actually, I in my in one of my ethics classes um, last semester, on we did a whole topic on animal rights and and that stuff and i don't know if you guys know about the the famous book it was called the jungle by i think Mm -hmm. upton sinclair right yeah yeah and like it, it was exposing the the meat factories and how the workers are treated and we read an academic paper about how in order to work in a factory the worker has to be dehumanized themselves they have to lose their sense of humanity in order to be able to do what they do like even though their work is mostly repetitive like it's it's nowadays it's on a factory line right you just have to either cut meat in a certain way or remove certain discard certain pieces of meat but just being exposed to that you lose some of your humanity because you want to you disassociate the meat with the animal that it came from and through that process you also end up losing a part of yourself that's what that's what the paper was about so it's pretty um severe in some way and there's like obviously a whole whole ethical debates to each portion of this process sorry that was that was that was completely unrelated to the question um yeah so how i feel about meat i personally enjoy meat it's very tasty and i i know i should be better and not consume it but I'm probably not going to follow through on that
0: (laughs) and and so why why is that and because hope you also kind of echoed a similar thing where you're like I it grosses me out to see the Purdue label but I eat it anyway and so I'm curious like why not the follow-through yeah yeah that's my question
2: I think like part of it is like if I'm eating with family there's always meat on the table I know what I cook for myself I like I still cook meat but I'd say like 50 percent of the time I cook meals without meat and like I'm I've actively chosen to like like try and cook more meals without meat but like if I'm making things with family or if I'm eating meals with other people it's just so standardized to have meat on the plate and like eating at restaurants a lot of times I will because they I don't know like they already somewhat purchased it which i know is a kind of a cop-out because like yes they already purchased it but like i don't know i i there's really no good answer for it and i think there's never a good answer really for it because if you're aware and you do it anyways it's just kind of like negligence
1: (laughs) yeah i actually i don't I, I don't personally feel the same way about you with like the family aspect i think if i really cared enough to i i wouldn't mind like pushing for it like obviously it'd be it'd be a conversation you need to have with your family because they are accustomed to a certain way and you you're not it's it's also bad to try and impose your beliefs on them just because like that you want to do something like that's that's a bit selfish but but i i don't think that would That's not a roadblock for me personally. Um, The restaurant thing and like the convenience is an aspect of it. But again, like Hope was saying, that's negligence. So ultimately, like my personal reason is just that I'm um, hedonistic and I'm selfish. Like I enjoy eating meat and, you know, knowing is knowing like how it's produced and how unethical it is. Like that's definitely an issue, and like I'm—I don't know—I'm kind of. I guess I'm just saying I, I bite the bullet here, and I just I, I'm I'm willing to accept <laughs> my that my actions are bad, which is like not what you want to hear, right? <laughs> because because it, then then it's like, well, why don't you do a bunch of other unethical things? But like, there's I guess there's there's a line that everyone draws, and some people just aren't don't either don't care enough to or are unwilling to move their line to include not eating meat if that makes sense but yeah there there really is there's no good reason to there's no logically sound reason to knowingly consume meat yeah and that's just that's it
2: Another aspect of it for me was that I was a picky eater growing up Um, and the vegetables that my parents cook are just like boiled peas. It's it's not great. So the meat was often the only thing I liked eating on another aspect of it.
1: (laughs) I feel like the problem with these discussions or not the problem, but like the reason it's so hard to defend either position is that there's. It, everything you would you could possibly say sounds like an excuse right like you, what you just said i'm not i'm not attacking you for saying yeah, that I because know. it is it is it's a valid it's a valid opinion or it's a valid thing to say but it, it like you could spin it so that it's like oh well you're just not making the effort to learn how to cook vegetables in a more delicious way right like that's something you are choosing not to do and the cost of you, your inaction is the suffering of animals and also the unethical produce of meat. All right, Mary, you want to wrap us up? Sure.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about, but or a lot more that we could talk about, but it's, you know, opening a can of worms. So Dylan, what, what do you think the initial topic was or question?
1: Um, so again I'm always I'm always skeptical if this is like a red herring and like <laughs> the beginning of the conversation was different but I will go with the obvious guess of <laughs> I kind of want to say drones again but <laughs> no of, of ethically produced meat um, eating meat in general maybe considering being vegetarian or something like that
0: Okay. It was like, that's sort of close. The topic was just very broadly our humans' relationships with animals. Um, oh. So, yeah, so pretty broad, but then we kind of uh, started to talk about eating animals and briefly diverged when you came in to talk about, um, I don't know, sourcing food. But, of course, eating animals is a large part of our relationship with them. Yeah. Um,
1: that's really interesting, actually. It's like. Every, every other animal species we've come in contact with, we've affected in some way, whether it's eating them or domesticating them or using them for our own selfish purposes. That's, yeah, what an expansive topic.
0: <laughs> nice way to wrap it up.
2: <laughs> yeah. Also, Mary, what is, I I feel like I've asked you this before and you said you do eat meat, but you make, like you try not to. Like, are you at least, you, it's not you're not vegetarian, but you're not like, you still, I don't, can you explain it yourself? Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I am not vegetarian. I don't see myself ever going fully vegetarian. Um, That's for like a couple different reasons. One of which is that I do enjoy meat and I don't really have an ethical problem. I don't have a problem with eating animals. Um, but I do have a problem with the way that they that meat is produced, the way the animals are raised. And so um, I do try to eat. Actually, it's not even, it's really easy for me to not eat meat at all. Um, like I've been living in an apartment for a few weeks now. And for for several years, I have cooked mainly vegetarian food. And so it's not difficult for me. Um, but on occasion, I do enjoy eating meat, and when possible, I try to source it from places. Although I really relate with the the whole family thing because there is some there's convenience. There's some like family pressure to eat what's on my plate, and it's hard to it's hard to refuse things or to say, "Oh no, I'm not going to eat this." Um, but when I'm cooking for myself, I pretty much eat vegetarian because it's also cheaper um but yeah once in a while i enjoy eating meat and because of that i don't foresee myself ever like fully committing to vegetarianism because i feel totally comfortable with this kind of like flexitarian i think it's the term that people use that kind of like flexible diet where it's like mostly plant based but sometimes you're eating animal products and then honestly like i don't know I haven't thought enough about like other animal products, like dairy, eggs, things like that. And I do need to think more about that. Um,
1: so honestly, that's yeah, that's great. That's probably the ideal you should always strive for is being aware and well-informed, but then being comfortable with this, the, the lifestyle that you choose for yourself. So good for you, Mary. <laughs> well, anyway, um, now wrapping up, if we weren't wrapping up already. Thank you, Mary, for hosting uh, being the guest host for this episode of Coming in Without Context.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me this is uh, this is a good experience. I'm glad that I did it.
1: And uh, is there anywhere that people can find you and anything any last words you want to say?
0: Uh, no, there is nowhere that people can find me. Um, i I don't really have social media. Um so sorry, you're just gonna have to find me, I don't know, through county records and things like that. Oh dear. Um <laughs> Or if my friend, then you know how to contact me. Um anything else I'd like to say no I, I yeah just thanks for having me on I appreciate having the opportunity to be on a podcast because I've been a pretty active podcast listener for maybe since like 2015 oh, wow. and um now it's 2021 and I get to be on one so I hope that this is a
2: successful podcast <laughs> um
1: <laughs> we'll see about that but. Yeah, not
2: so far um <laughs> uh, I don't even listen to it.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: No, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to
1: it. have to guilt you into listening to your own podcast.
2: I mean, like, I'm here for two-thirds of that. And I'm I'm here for three-thirds, but for the entire thing, for two-thirds.
1: And on that note, (laughs) that's all the time we have. Uh, See you all next week. Bye-bye.